episode uh, 182 of the Metafilter uh, Monthly Podcast. I am Josh Cortex-Millard. And I'm Jessamine. And here we are. It is a couple days into the month already. It's been a... Like, that's the problem with February, man. It's it's over several days sooner than, you know, you would think it would be. Well, and here's what my problem is. I think I talk about this probably every March, but I have prescriptions that I get to pick up once a month, and they're prescriptions that you're not allowed to pick up early, you know? And so I pick them up on the 26th of every month, except for, you know, goddamn March, when I have to, like, do some arithmetic to figure out what day I'm allowed to have them. You know yeah. what I mean? So, That's like, if it's like a 30 or a 31-day month, they don't care. But for some reason, it, February, they do care. <laughs> it's aggravating, Please. Josh. That's yeah, no, that sucks. I, Medicine. I it's it that is like it's funny because like that's aggravating in the opposite way that uh my current uh health insurance is aggravating, which is like expecting to promptly have stuff processed and delivered when you like re up a prescription that's long standing, nonetheless is sort of like, well, that might take a while, so go ahead and request like, you know, two weeks in advance because uh. you know, I'll give those enough runtime that and it's it's my problem if i fail to do that essentially it's it's yeah it's medical stuff we have we have who talked came about up that. with our medical system can i just tell you that like i'm actually literally probably gonna like write a blog post about this but like since covid started um i've had two gi doctors my primary care physician my dentist and my therapist and my prescribing psychiatrist have all retired or moved on to get other jobs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and like three of those were in the last month. So like, I think there's like you hit an age where you've had the people who were older than you be the people that fit those roles, but then they age out of that and retire. <laughs> yep. And then you're like, oh, man, I'm going to have to get a person who's my age to do this job, dentist or doctor or prescribing psychiatrist. And uh, dang. So, yeah. you know, my doctor is still going to come to me for tech support problems, so I'll still see him around. My dentist is just <laughs> at it with all of us, I think. So I was like, oh, so you're retiring. He's like, nah. I was like, What? Did you just tell me you're retiring, but really you're going to keep being a dentist? Um, I think he just doesn't want to run his own practice anymore. And he's got kind of yeah. a commute, so he's not going to be in town anymore. Prescribing yeah. psychiatrist, I don't know what the hell happened with her. I had a fantastic meeting with her. And then like a week later, I got a call from the office like, hey, we need to reschedule your May appointment because she's not with the practice anymore. She became a, a proscribed uh, firm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened, and it's too bad because, uh, I don't know, I have anxiety that I'm going to get a new doctor and that doctor is not going to agree with my, you know, 10-year plan that has been working of what's been working because yeah. that happened one time and it was traumatic. So, uh, uh, I I worry. Yeah. No, understandable. That sucks. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sorry you have all that uh, sudden uh, provider uncertainty. That's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, the good news is... Getting another doctor is going to be easy. Getting another dentist, like there is another dentist, but I don't like him, so I may have to find another dentist. Um, there is another prescribing psychiatrist who's fine. The reason I was meeting with the lady is because the guy is just too busy. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't know about the GI dock. Hopefully my gallbladder will hang on for a while longer. That'd be nice. I'm trying to think of a, a gallbladder joke, but... I don't know if there are gallbladder jokes. Nobody really knows I mean, there's, what there's one always is jokes. unless yours yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something to do with bile, something to do with stones, um, fatty contents. Like, there's there's probably room to move there. But, like, it's probably the only good gallbladder jokes would also only be good between two people who have both been dealing with gallbladder issues. And so there's, like, sufficient, right. and, like, And you know, so that's context. me, but not you, I think, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, I, I know people who've had gallbladder problems, but I haven't, so I haven't really had to internalize it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It means one donut is a, at a time is what it means, John. Yeah. <laughs> difficult. Very difficult for Well, me. If, if, if I'm trying to speak about it outside my expertise, does that mean I've got a lot of gall? Mm. Uh, yeah, sir, sir, how um, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Um, yes, episode 182, uh, is there, did, was there any number news? I shouldn't, I shouldn't ask you if you didn't bring it up because I've already no, like, said so you shouldn't I just complain about it. I literally looked and there isn't. It's kind of a pleasing Roman numeral, but other than that, no, actually. Let's see. C V I. No, there's some M's in there. No, no, no. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wait, well, not no, there are. What the hell good. am but I C- talking about? C C L X X X I I. Is that? I think that might be it. Thank you for coming um, to Josh tries to sound out a Roman numeral. <laughs> Join us next month. <laughs> You know that they have like those those number stations. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what if it was that? Except for as someone like trying to figure out each number as a M- Roman numeral C- and just sort of like stumbling around. M- yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I sharply remember. Uh, you know when the year two thousand hit and all of those like MCVX MXCV I I I I I like things at the end of movies just turned into MM. Yeah, no, that was that, that, that was that was a pretty Glorious. exciting uh, reset. Kids these days don't understand what we had to deal with back in the 20th century when we we're trying to figure out what the date was based on the Roman numerals at the end of the movie. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Right. Like MMX, MMXX, MMXXII. Those yeah. are readable. Like, you know, a, a rolling over odometer is satisfying. In, in like My odometer week. rolled over last week. It didn't? What did it roll over to? Hundred thousand. Oh, that's that's actually a cool number. Yeah, it had been almost a hundred thousand. I think I mentioned it last month, maybe, but like it had been almost a hundred thousand for like months, and yeah. I don't go anywhere. Yeah. And so. Well, that's uh, nice. That's very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Hit six digits. Yeah, but I'm sorry, you were saying something else. Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, rolling over the odometer is exciting in a oof on numbers sort of way and eventually order of magnitude sort of way with decimal. But it's like, it's not it's not a game changer. And it seems like that's a funny thing about the weird lack of placeness of uh, Roman numerals. It's like, oh, it really makes a fucking difference when we finally hit that odometer change and we can, like, get rid of this whole fucking spaghetti code yes. thing. Like, yes. the move from 1999 to to 2000 is like that's huge it's like yeah mm fuck you i'm done for the week <laughs> mm i'm done for the whole year mm i that was still pretty easy yeah yep <clears throat> excuse me and 182 is it, it is like I mean, it's a that half a year well oh jeez it is like that's how do we not see that first well, i did blink 182 fans we are yeah no you did but I don't have anything um, to say about Blink-182, yeah. except they have a couple they songs exist. I like, and that guy who's the drummer is dating that hot 
lady. I, I don't know anything about that. Oh, he's one of those like is. super scruffy guys who have like very conventionally hot girlfriends. So like Pete Davidson and what's her name and Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and that guy, Travis, and whoever his girlfriend is. I don't even know. Travis Barker. Okay, I see him. And I see him in pictures sitting next to Courtney Kardashian. Yeah, maybe? that's probably right. Okay. That's probably right. So they're like it's three like tattooed, gangly Yeah. kind of scrubby guys and then these women. And everyone's yeah. like, Is this kind of what's happening now? That's odd. But maybe I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's what's happening with those those three guys and those three women. Yeah. Um <laughs> Right, Blink One Eighty Two. That's how we got there. Uh, yes. Well, it's like it, it's it's about half of a year too. Like if you were listening to a podcast episode, like one a day, every day, you'd be just right in the middle of the year now. And why wouldn't you? That's there's 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 everybody's twenty twenty three challenge. Listen to an episode of the Metafilter podcast every single day for half a year. Mm, yeah, yeah, and map map your way through. What did we figure out? Like fifteen years or so. Uh, you figured 16? it out. I yeah. don't know. Click. Let's not have this discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's last have time this I've discussion got... every month. <laughs> How you long know, has uh, it been, Josh? Do, do, have I talked about uh, um, "Till Death Do We Blart" before? What? Um, it, it's a podcast uh, featuring a couple of Australian guys, or maybe New Zealand guys. About Paul um, Blart, Marlcop. Um, yes, them and and Justin and Griffin McElroy from my brother, my brother and me. Um, they every year they watch Paul Blart Mall Cop two again, and then they record a podcast episode about it for Thanksgiving as a Thanksgiving tradition that they've decided to do until they die. Oh, that's um, kind of adorable. So, like, yeah, it's it's fun. Well, it's and, like and a the, regular and the, thing, and yeah, I mean, it yeah, probably it's a listening to Alice's Restaurant again. Yeah, I mean, it's you know. It's it's longer, but also there's more fart jokes to break it up. I guess I don't know. It's interesting because like there's just not that much to say about the movie, and they're like six years in now, and they're like, oh boy, what do we Are say this kidding? time? What do we do I different? I think time? I could find something different to say about the movie every year. I mean, I'd forget well, a lot yeah, of but, it, but like, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's part of it. They, 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 they find they come back on things. Oh, like an hour and a half. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it. I, I enjoy it a great deal. It's it's charming and weird and such a strained sort of idea around such a mediocre movie and yeah. Well, and I'm really interested in sort of podcaster culture. You know what I mean? Like I've been listening to some of the stuff recommended in the Ask Meta Filter thread, including a lot of Futility Closet. And the people who do Futility Closet, it's like one of their podcast empires. It's over now, but. It was one of the podcasts that they do, at least one of which was very different. But, like, there's just certain ticks that go along with podcasting, like certain things you say in kind of a repetitive way. And you have these, like, bumper intros and outros. And, like, there's some stuff that's scripted and some stuff that's not scripted, at least in a lot of the podcasts I listen to. And it's funny for me because we do this thing and – there's never, I mean, except for the fact that we go through the site in I, what you tell me is the same order every time, and I have to trust you on that. I can't remember. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter either. We just yeah, we just but like do. we have no other like oh, it's time for viewer mail or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? We don't have segments. We don't have bits. No, sometimes there's music. 
There's a theme song, but it varies. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how anyone can stand it if you're used to like regular, <laughs> regular podcasts. And that's a joke because like I listen to this podcast, you know. Yeah. So weird. No, we're 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 like we're the Dogma ninety five of podcasts. I love that reference, and I understand it. Thank you, but also we're extremely not the Lars von Trier of anything, right? Uh, if we can help it, uh, there's a complicated guy. Um, which is a funny way to say asshole, but like it's you know it's it's interesting. He's an asshole who's made a lot of uh, cinematic art that I like. I mean, um, isn't that true of almost all directors? Like it's like being I mean, like a really high-ranking politician. You've got to have something slightly wrong with you in order to even want that. But then there's a lot of people who accomplish a lot of good. I mean, I suspect there's a lot of directors who are actually just kind of fine. We just don't mm. hear stories about them because they're just kind of fine. Judd Apatow like, you know, seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he's like it's it's probably perfectly nice. I, I bet it's a lot of fun to work on an Adam Sandler movie. I don't know that he's directed any recently, but like that. that you know, Wait, you, he's in that new movie with uh 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 oh my god, King James basketball player LeBron. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's know. a new basketball movie out that Adam Sandler is in, and I believe he also produced. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, this, is, this is me just wildly speculating. I'm guessing he does not do a lot of direction because it seems like direction would probably be kind of an annoying and less fun part of it. Yeah. Um, and my impression of like the whole Adam Sandler, like Happy Madison production thing is there's a lot of people who like enjoy making movies in ways that are enjoyable. And the fact that the movies are usually pretty dumb and stupid in a lot of ways doesn't really matter so much because like yeah. hey, they made a comedy people enjoy getting stoned and watching it and they had fun making it and probably there's not a lot of like Stanley Kubrick tormenting Shelley Duvall type stories about that kind of production is what right. I'm saying right yeah like, I heard David Spade talking about actually working with Adam Sandler on some of his movies and that's exactly what it sounds like the vibe is like hey let's all get together and make kind of a stupid movie it's fun we yeah. like it we all get along and to bring it back to Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, I think that was part of Kevin James's take on it. It's like, hey, you know, yeah, I wanted to go to Vegas. It was a lot of fun filming in Vegas and being in Vegas. So, you know, we made a movie in Vegas, and that's why it took place in Vegas. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's actually, that's a pretty reasonable philosophy, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Um, still yeah, a very exactly. stupid movie. Sometimes but. it's just because you want to do it. I don't think I've ever seen either one of them. That's not the one that Seth Rogen is in, right? No, As a mall I don't think top? so. Is that mall? No, no, no. That that that, that was that that was uh, shit. I know which one that was. It was, it was Observe and Report. I think I never actually saw it, but oh. I get the impression that was a bit better of a movie and sort of like a weird darkish comedy. Whereas yeah, Paul I Bart, like Paul that Pop one. Is look at the man eat the old banana. Look at the man fall down. Look at the man get in a suitcase and fall down. Look at the man get in a fight with a bird. You know, so it's fight with a bird. There's, there's, here's, here's the thing about Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and this is something that I've sort of reflected on as after having listened to a bunch of Till Death Do We Blart episodes, and then after listening to two or three of them, went and saw a screening with several other, other friends in town who also are fans of the, the podcast. Um, it's, not, it's not a very good movie. It's not an excruciatingly terrible movie, but it is a really dumb, like it's a dumb, stupid comedy. Like yeah. it's not it's not well written. There's some good physical comedy. There's occasional like gags that kind of work. Overall, the whole thing just feels kind of like a lazy, dumb comedy, and it's unremarkable. It's been made more remarkable by this podcast for me. Otherwise, it would have just been like eh, that shitty Kevin James comedy that came out, and then everyone right. stopped. Kevin James about. is fine, but that wasn't really to my taste. 
Yeah, and it's like it's like it's it's like whatever. But like once you start like really sort of digging in and trying to figure out what you think about every little aspect of it, like you start looking at it with a different set of eyes. And it doesn't redeem the movie in any sense, but it makes the movie somehow slightly more than it would be if it were just standing on its own merits rather than like the uh, sort of weird cult of entertainment and 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 dissection from from the outside. I don't know. I, I I think I lost the point I started from there. But anyway, <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop Two, utterly not indispensable. Like it's it's a very dispensable movie, um, and it's neither as terrible as doing a podcast to torture yourself by watching it every year sounds like it should be, nor is it as good as you would like it to be after you've put yourself through that process of watching it like every year for several years. I guess. Right. I don't know. Uh, I have one movie recommendation actually. While we're here. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I saw the Sparks movie, finally. The movie about nice. the band Sparks? Yeah. It is really good. It is very good. And it's on Netflix. I was surprised how much I liked it. Part of it is because, uh, you know, Jim is a musician, and so he appreciated the musical aspects of it. We watched it together. And um, part of it was just, it's a really good movie, and the Sparks guys are really interesting. You know, they're kind of weird art rock and they've been keeping it real all this time. They're still touring in their 70s. And uh, yeah, the movie follows nice. them around. Fucking A. Yeah. I don't know if I have any good like recent movie recommendations. I, I think my, my, my TV side, we've been watching uh, old episodes of Only Connect recently. I have never seen um, that. I think you might enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a very British, uh, like, trivia show like not 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 a not a quiz show not a panel show it's like it's a straight up like this is like jeopardy nerd tv um but it's like you know british inflected and it's it it reminds me you know in a way of sort of the way i think cryptic crosswords in in the uk style are weird to me as someone who was exposed to just american crosswords growing up like there's a different feel to it uh, but it's still nerds being nerds competitively and it's, it's charming and fun and nice. And half of the questions I would never have had a chance to get in the first place because they are very, very like UK centric, like questions about, you know, strings of British MPs from some specific historical event in the seventies. Like, yeah, no, that wasn't going to happen. But you know, sometimes right. I'm like, Oh, Hey, I know that. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's fun. I like it. I, it's, it's, very, it's, it's dry, but not humorless. I guess. The, and is the host. it on a platform or do you just have, have to no dig idea. it out of the web? I have no idea. Um, I, I, I could not, I could not tell you. You could not tell me how you get to it. Well, I, I, I get to it by watching it on a magical box where stuff that someone else figures out how you get to it is. Oh, in charge I get it. Of. I so, get it. Okay. Um, so I never, I never know. Never um, know. But it's, it's nice. And there's, you know, I don't know, 20 seasons of it out there it, to, to whatever extent it's out there. But like, you know, it's been going on for 20 seasons or something. Only connect. There we go. And and also it's like the name is taken from presumably the same thing that like Mephite only connects name was taken from, which I think is some, some quote from something, but I can't remember what, which is why I'm not very good at it. How's learnedly going? Is that back up in gear again or yes! a break? It, I got a nine, six the day before yesterday. Nice. Partly because two of the answers were words uh, one was uh, Uyghur. The um, it's you know it's days ago, so it's okay to mention. But yeah. you know Uyghur, the Northwest uh, Chinese yeah. uh, Turkic pop 
population, and one of the other ones was uh, bokeh, or bokeh, oh, bokeh nice. which yeah. is like that kind of photography. And yeah. I mangled the spelling on both of them so terribly, <laughs> uh, but still got credit for both. Um, yeah. And so, like, I'm hovering in the middle of D and feeling okay about it, having a good time. And um, Jim is uh, really at the bottom of C for no reason we can figure out. He's just having an off season. Just bad luck. Um, but it's been fun. Like, nice. you know, it's a good time. And uh, people seem to be doing uh, medium okay. Mid-season classic, I think, is coming up. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I was I was thinking about it this like I think I've said this every time a season comes around. It's like, oh well I didn't do it this time, but maybe next time I'll pack band. But that's good. I sort of I, I mean, decided you know. Yeah, I decided to hold off on it because of uh because of Wordle actually. Um, hey, that'll uh, lead us into projects really nicely, but talk to me about Wordle. Excellent. Well, I I started th- I'm gonna say the hipster thing and it's like I was playing Wordle before it was cool. Um well before it it, it blew up. Before it was um, on the New York Times. Yeah. Um and uh, I played it for a few days. And I was like, oh, this is nice. This is a nice little thing. Yeah. And then I realized I was really thinking about my streak and thinking about like, oh, what if I forgot to play for a day? And then I was like, you know what? No, fuck that. No, right. I'm not, I'm not going to put that in, in my brain. Like, there's, I, I like Wordle. I, I think it's a lovely little game. And also, I personally get stressed at the idea of maintaining my streak and shit. And like, sure. eh, I'm just going to pass on that. So like, I, I played it for a few days. I was like, this is nice. I don't really want this right now put it down, um, and then it completely blew up. Uh, but that's kind of where I am. Like, I'm trying to like think about lang- la- language log, Learned League, uh, <laughs> the same way. Till I'll, the day I die, I will keep conflating those two. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's sort of the same thing. Like, I like Learned League. I like, I have liked doing it, but like, you know, I stopped after I had a couple seasons in a row where it's really the stress of keeping up with it was like the problem right. and until i feel like i'm like you know what i'm ready for a whole month of keeping track of 25 thing, days yeah then you know I'll, I'll just hold off so not yeah. yet not yet well before we start talking about projects i also want to mention Samantle, which <laughs> is really where my head is at um it's kind of like wordle except instead of it taking you less than six guesses fewer than six guesses uh it's 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 an aboutness game so you put in a word and it tells you how close semantically it is to the target word so instead of taking five or six guesses it often takes two to three hundred guesses <laughs> but like if you want a word game if you're like i really like wordle but it's over too quickly and it yeah. doesn't focus enough on word meaning this is your this is your jam. Yeah, I've I've heard of Samantha. I, I love the I love the idea of it. Uh, I should play with it at some point. I've really enjoyed it, and you know you can have a streak, but it kind of doesn't matter. It resets for me at seven p.m. each day, so for four p.m. for you each day. Yeah. Um, well, and 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 to be clear, like the streak thing doesn't fucking matter, right? Like you, I know, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like it's it's. I, I not not so much as like I'm telling you, but like I'm explaining my brain. Like I understand that the streak doesn't matter. I understand that I sure. can just like completely not fucking think about it. I just can't not. I just can't not think sure. about it. Um, sure, it's it's a, it's a weird brain thing. Yeah. So there are a couple. Let's just get oh, there. Let me, let me let me sneak in. Uh, we've got a job. Oh, a job. From February. We have a job. Uh, I'll post the 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 
URL to the entire subsite. That's that's me doing good behind the scenes podcasting. There is a request from Wesley AC for someone to do a commissioned drawing of a tarot co- card in the style of the Rider Waite tarot deck uh, for a specific scene. Um, so if that is you, if yeah, you like doing illustration, if you're good you at art, that Rider Waite style, go check out Wesley AC's job post because that sounds reasonable delightful. pay all right and now i now i uh, i i i i cede to you and projects well there are two kind of wordle analogs uh lipsum has uh quantal where you guess a quantum computing equation in six <laughs> tries <laughs> it's it's not their it's not their thing it's, um, I mean, it's ridiculous. It is, uh, they're promoting it on behalf of someone else. Like, I can't do anything with this. But, like, maybe it's fun for you? I don't know. And then, um, then there's Deal, which is by Ava Poet, which, uh, feels like there's a Wordle clone for everybody. I decided to go in a slightly different direction when I made Dindle, a game in which you try to guess the Dungeons & Dragons monster of the day by assigning values to its attributes and being told where you've got them right. <laughs> right? Uh, so much uh, joy! <laughs> I mean, they're oh, both ridiculous man. and impossible, <laughs> but like, you know, fun. Yeah. That's interesting about uh, Lipsum's quantum quantal post, um, where this should just be a post on the front page. Like, first of all, like Lipsum, you're fine if you're listening and, and wondering if it got mentioned. Uh, the, the thought here is good, but actually, like we've cut down the like we, we we've really retracted the no friends link thing a while ago. It's okay to post stuff that's like in a non weird shill scammy way. That you know, people you know have made. Uh, so this could go on the front page, and yeah, it kind of totally doesn't really be fit on the front page. projects in that sense, since it's really supposed to be your own thing. But also, you know, no, no fucking harm done. Right. Uh, but yeah, this is like, uh, yeah, no. If, if you've got a friend who made something cool, yeah, you can make a post about that. You know, you'll get side eye if you're being fucking weird about it. But like, I inevitably, saw you guys the only ban people a spammer like last week. I yeah. haven't seen spammers in how long? Yeah. That was exciting, like like right? somebody who actually posted spammy shit. I think it was in yeah. one of Jim's posts, which is why I remember it. <laughs> I will mention that when it comes up. All right. <clears throat> uh, yeah. No, we had it. Yeah, we had a spammer on the front page. We nixed, and you know, like it's interesting. Like one of the one of the things that has happened since we got we we, we foregrounded the fee waiver request thing. So it's like yeah, at this point it's a push button thing. because I noticed that just in mod notes, but I don't know what you did. Yeah. Well, this was, this was I don't know a few, couple few months ago. I don't know. Maybe it was late last year. Um, for for a while now, we've had a note on the sign up process where once you got to the PayPal part, there was a line that said explicitly, "Hey, and if you, you know, can't do the five dollars or can't do PayPal or whatever, uh, we can waive the fee." Just well, well, originally it was like you know, contact us here at the contact form, and they could click that and write, "Oh, hey, here's the deal." Um, and then we're like, "Let's just fucking streamline this because like you know, there's people who like." won't really get the contact form per se. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's so easy for me as someone really used to all these processes to be like, well, I mean, it's obvious, but like, you know, make it more obvious. So we added, we replaced that, hey, you can let us know with a button that you can click that takes you to a screen that says, hey, you know, here's why I want a fee waiver. That's nice. Um, And so we have seen 
more fee waiver requests come through. I'm not sure we've seen more non-spammy ones coming through on the whole, but like, you know, we have spammy and non-spammy ones and the spammy ones, sometimes we just refuse them outright. And sometimes if it feels like a little borderline, we'll make a note. Um, and I think what we ended up with was uh, some spammer who managed to not be super obviously a spammer when they did the fee waiver thing and then they spammed. Uh, but we ditch a lot of obvious spammers going in and between like just lower overall volume and I think the whole like spamming thing being th- – those spamming world has changed along with the rest of the web to some extent. You know, doing it manually just is not like what anybody's into anymore. Right. Um, but like because of the fee waiver thing, I think we're also catching a lot of people who might have paid the five bucks and taken the gamble previously and now they're like – paying the nothing and giving the game away by having to go through a manual approval queue. So like they're not even getting in the door to get banned the first time they spam. They're just not getting in the door at all. Love it. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's working. Good. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention this uh, post by Red Nikki that was front page posted by Lobster Mitten. uh, The world's first granny square. Yeah. Right. That was that was great. Basically, you know, granny squares are a crochet motif. Red Nikki thinks yeah, he, she found the they. Was that sorry? Hmm? No, 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 no. I, that was oh, a, I but, thought you were pronoun, like <laughs> checking me. Like they. Nope. Whoop. Okay. Yeah, Red Nikki thinks she found uh, the first published version of it and contacted some historians and blah blah blah. And it's just um yeah just a really cool um story and. Uh, and there's more granny squares that you can make, and it just shows it uh, a pattern for crazy Afghan. Is literally what it was called in uh, Prairie Farmer magazine in 1885. Hmm. Yeah, I love those yeah, old it, Afghans. It, it, I think of them as like a a thing from my childhood because I think I had friends whose parents had these. We yeah. didn't have them, and I always liked them. Yeah, I don't know if my mom ever made Afghans, but there were Afghans around like my grandma's house, and like you know, there were always there were there were Afghans around. Well, the, the thing about the Granny Square too is like it's become such a go-to sort of like simple sort of starter right. uh, project thing because like you know if 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 you don't know what a Granny Square is, look it up. You do know what a Granny Square is. It's just a specific kind of like simple square symmetrical pattern uh, for for you know fabric work. Um, but, yeah, uh, crochet. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I have such strong associations with like it's a very sort of like it's a very like domestic craft thing. Like it's it, it it's sort of iconic in that way. The way you know Granny Square built uh, blankets and such are a thing. So yeah, I just thought it was a really cool, uh, really cool thing. Those were my three uh, main projects. You got any? Uh, let's see. Uh, there is Gaku's been uh, Twitch streaming uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh yeah, that looked really cool. Uh, basically, just like you know, curated collection of odd stuff um, on a I think weekly basis. Yeah, it looks like that from the from the schedule. But anyway, yes, yeah, I, I I enjoy that sort of like media resurrection sort of approach to to streaming. Um. Let's see what else did I actually look through? Um, bu- 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 oh, I mean, 
we should also mention um, there's a there's a third Wordle project was. Uh, Did I miss one? You missed one. There there was also uh, Will F's Wordle Wordle. Ah. Is, uh, <laughs> what if Wordle but ten letters? Um, which is <laughs> I think I poked I, I I poked at that or a similar uh, variation. At uh, one point, I was like, I love the idea, and also I hate every moment, so I'm going to well, stop. Well, that's what Samantha is good for. If you want to love and hate every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh man, you know what? I've been playing the the, the, the wordle of hardcore video game releases is Elden Ring. What? Um, and it's sort of the same thing of like, I love this, and it's terrible. Why am I doing it? Um, we have, oh God, I've probably talked about, so there's there's a game called Dark Souls, that has become sort of a touch point uh, touchstone for specific kinds of game design. Uh, and it came out years and years ago uh, from a company called from software, a Japanese uh, video game developer. Um, and they made several dark souls games and they've made some other games in the same sort of genre. There's bloodborne. There's a game called Sekiro. That's a like traditional Japanese warrior sort of vibe. Um, and then they've made this new game called El- Elden Ring. And, and and all these games have in common a reputation for being very hard. Okay. Uh, which is true. Like, you talk to people who are like dedicated players to these games, and, like, there's a lot of takes on, well, it's not it's not hard or impossible. You just have to, like, learn how to play it, which is also kind of true, but also they're hard. Because, um, I mean, they have- I assume hard is, a, like, somewhat objective, like, how much do you need to use your brain? How much do you have to have the right kind of reflexes? How long does it take to get through yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and all these things need to be like accounted for in how you describe a game as hard, because like you know, in that sense, like a lot of MMOs are hard because they're structured to keep you playing forever, you know. And that's not the same sense of hardness as when people talk about something like these games, where it's hard because the enemies do a lot of damage when they hit you. There's no casual enemies like literally everything in the game could kill you in two or three hits. Probably it's just that like some of them are easier to avoid or easier to beat to the punch. Um, and you learn the patterns of enemies and then you can more easily avoid taking damage from them. So it's a game. It's a kind of game that like requires a lot of discipline is how I've come to taking like, like talking about it. It requires a lot of not being casual when you engage with things in it, which requires a lot of attention. It requires a lot of attention. And to some extent it does require some Twitch reflexes, which makes them not really super accessible to people who have a hard time with that. I have like a seemingly perfectly good central nervous system and my Twitch reflexes aren't great. So it's a challenge, but anyone who has like, you know, motor control issues or any number of other things that might affect their ability to like quickly execute real time commands, it's probably going to have a kind of shitty time with these games because they require a lot of that. Not necessarily like the most demanding, most twitchy thing ever. There's twitchier games, but like these are games where you have to do pretty a lot of that. twitchy. You have to be, yeah, yeah. You, you have to be. You have to be at least pretty solidly, competently being twitchy all the time. Is kind of thing like uh, the, It's a protracted effort to stay alive in them. Um, would be a good way to put it. Um, so, so these games have traditionally had this thing where, like, it's really hard, and like the normal enemies will kill you, the bosses will super duper kill you, and they're just often huge behemoths or fire breathing dragons, and you're just some dude with a sword, and you somehow have to win that fight. Um, and so, is it like, is it? Are there? Ugh. 
is there a like a cleverness aspect to it? Like, is it like you got to figure out like the one crazy trick or? There is some of that. Yeah. Um, like there's definitely ways you can make fights easier than just like run at it with your sword. You know, there may be like, well, maybe if you use an elemental weapon, you know, it'll do a lot more damage to that. Or maybe if you find this spot to hide from and shoot it with arrows, it'll take a while, but you can take it down that way. Or maybe you summon a helper, another player, uh, in the, online world who's also playing and they will literally join your game for that fight and help you fight that thing or maybe learn to use some spells that will actually do a lot more damage than like hitting it with a sword or you know there's there there are a lot of that like if you figure out a way to do it it may be easier than just you know rushing in um and the game the other thing about these games is they tend to be very arcane about that stuff it's not like a tooltip pops up says hey have you tried using poison damage that'll do damage over time and you can blah blah you know it's like poison exists in the world and if you decide to try it you might find out that it works but it's not signposting that stuff very yeah. much um, and, and are there like platforms where you can like talk to other people and be like this is how this blah blah, blah. well i mean there's the whole fucking internet right like there's well, nothing i don't know uh, yes, like, like I mean, in, in the sense that you could talk to anyone anywhere about anything like that, there's definitely a ton of discussion in YouTube, like Let's Play examples and, and so on. But an interesting thing about this series of games, actually, is that it actually provides some built-in player-to-player communication in a very constrained way. You know, it's not voice chat. You're not, like, having random people coming in and, like, making fart jokes uh, over, over VOIP or whatever while you're playing. But you can leave a message on the ground, like wherever you're standing in the game, you can like write a message on the ground that will sometimes appear for other players in their world when they're near that spot. And you can't just write freeform, which is good because that solves a lot of problems with what happens when you let a bunch of idiots like yeah. write any text they want into a video game. Instead, you're doing this kind of magnetic poetry thing uh, where you have select words and select phrases that you can like slot together as a sort of Mad Libs thing. So you might say like, you choose the try dot 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 uh, template, and then for the dot dot dot, you replace it with like jump attack. If you're trying to tell someone, oh, you know, if you if you want to get over this enemy's like low attack, if you use a jump attack, you can jump over that and then stab them, and that'll maybe keep you alive longer. You know, might be what you're intending there, uh, but you have to use this very constrained vocabulary. But you can do that, and there is things like, hey, use poison damage. You can communicate to other players by leaving a message suggesting that mm. using that very constrained phrasing. And I have found genuinely useful tips from other players. Uh, I just had one last night where like someone was like, okay, like what they wanted to say is like, stay with me. This is crazy. But you know, this beam you're on where you don't know where to go and there's just like that lava down there and that terrible death trap, jump onto the death trap and it'll carry you over the lava, which once you think of the idea, you're like, Oh, actually, yeah, that works. And then you do it. It's like, but oh, you wouldn't that normally worked. jump down into yeah. the lava if you were in a safe non-lava yeah. place. Or Fuck, get anywhere I didn't know near the this name of a lava, and that helped me lose my match <laughs> yesterday too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dang it. Um. Anyway, it, it's fascinating, and I'm really enjoying playing Elden Ring. And one of the things it's doing is it's like it's much more open than some of the previous games have been. It feels like generally like you kind of have to make your way through this tough kind of hallway and then through this tough hallway. And at the end of the hallway is a boss. And until you beat that boss, you can't move on to the next hallway. Um, and this one is like, it's more like, like breath of the wild or, or Skyrim, like not, not tonally, but like in the sense that you can just wander around and say, Oh, I'm just going to go check this out instead. Cause that's too right, hard. What's over there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been really nice. I've really been enjoying it. Uh, I've been enjoying it 
as much as I hoped and kind of more than I expected. I, I decided to get excited about it and I was prepared to like bounce off it after 10 hours and feel like, oh, well, but instead I'm really, really all in on it. It's a good time. Hey, time. I have stopped playing uh, Babel Royale. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, like I don't know what happened. Like suddenly it got a whole bunch of new people in it and it got like a lot harder and it just became having to play Scrabble too quickly. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably try it again and go back to it from time to time, but I had I had been hoping to play it at the level that I was enjoying it, and then it became different, kind of. Yeah. Which, whatever, that, was, that happens in beta games. That was kind of my, my, my initial like take on it and why I ended up coming back to it. It's like I realized pretty quickly, oh, there's some very good metagaming strategies here that don't sound fun. Like, like it's not about, okay, well, let's let's think on our feet about what words would fit here and how that moves us. It's like, okay, here's how you murder someone nearby using one of these 10 two-letter words. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, I don't want a speed type fucking vocabulary I never use. Like, that's not... Right. Well, and, you know, sometimes that's fun, but yeah, it was just draining. And now yeah. I waste my time with Cemental instead, which I'm happier for because it doesn't really... It has a 24-hour time limit. Yeah, a, it doesn't a, even matter if you do it fast. It's like it's see, you know, it's not Twitch. So like right. uh, you don't have to you don't have to deal with those uh Yeah, Twitch I'm not good at situations. Twitch. I need to play games to untwitch from my normal like yeah. Twitch levels. Yeah. Excuse me. Mm. Um there's other project stuff too, boy. I, I guess my project that I liked most this this month was I am playing Elden Ring. So that's <laughs> Not really quite what I was aiming for. Yeah, how did you get on that topic? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's I've been playing it like I've been playing it since like all week. So like, but my we brain has just been going back to Wordle that topic. Wordle, and then suddenly yeah, we we're talking yeah. about Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah, I have no fucking idea. I, right. I don't know. All right. Um. Anyway, yay projects, post projects, check out projects. Let's talk about Metafilter proper. Sure. Well, uh, Jim posted a thing where he told me he posted the thing and I was like you did what and like it just didn't sound like a thing that would be interesting and I was like okay honey whatever like you know and then the thread like got funny little legs so basically it's just a website and there's many websites like it but it's covidstandardtime.com <laughs> And it basically just tells you how many days it's been since, you know, we started COVID counting. And I don't know what the start date is, but sometime probably the second week of March 2020. And so you click the link and it's like today is Friday, March 7, 733rd. Yeah. Well, probably the start date is just March 1st, 2020, right? What? Because, well, the, the, the start date was probably just the 1st of March because like, you know, then March never ended so it's like March 1st was the first. Oh, yeah. It, good point. I, okay. Probably. And <laughs> okay. like it just turned into kind of a thread about people talking about their perception of time. You know, good news and bad news stuff that happened to them. How, yeah. they're, how they're feeling. You know, how they're feeling now, especially like this week in at least in the United States where, you know, the CDC made some changes to suggestions and that's going to really change a lot of people's kind of risk assessment and profile. And, yeah. um, you know, and good things have happened and bad things have happened. I mean, especially like people who have had kids, it's really hard to look at the COVID time as just kind of a, 
hunker down and do nothing and be in stasis because their children have been growing and changing and their entire lives have been during this and they've yeah. been at risk because little kids haven't been able to get vaccinated. And so it, it turned into a fascinating, just chit-chatty thread about how people have been feeling over the last time, you know, some good, some bad. Um, but I was very surprised because the link itself, I was like, eh, like, you know, I've seen a dozen of them. But the thread turned into something really kind of nice and interesting. Nice. Yeah. I would like to give that a read. I don't know if I'll go give it a read because it's like, hmm, I have to get in the headspace where like now I want to immerse myself in a whole bunch of thinking about this whole thing. <laughs> but uh, but I, I like that it's there. Um, boy, I'm sorry. I'm still sorting out my tabs. Are you still thinking about that game? No, 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 no. I, I, I was actually, I've, there are several sets of posts where like really it just needs one touchstone. I guess one is this has been like a huge consuming thing for the last while. We've had several posts about uh, Russia invading Ukraine. Um, and I'll just link to like the first big one that ended up being like the first of like three so far main posts on that. Um, yeah. How has that been going? I've been ignoring you know, Russia-Ukraine discussion on Metafilter proper, although I've uh, read the Metatalk threads just that have sort of touched on that. Yeah. How has that been going from... It's been busy and messy. Like, you know, it's it, it, it's sudden escalation of war and, like, it's just ugly on the face of it. There's people dealing with the scariness of the disruption with the sudden, like pile of violence being done there's like cold war vibes coming through and you know nuclear anxiety and sort of all that stuff coming out and also you know it's reminding me in a not good way um of the mega threads which has sort of been like a point of reference a couple times like and it's also reminding me in good ways of those because they weren't valueless like there is a bunch of information and people are doing an okay job of sort of collating that and sort of framing it a lot of the time but you also have people just like killing time between like news and just getting in fights about stuff and dragging it back to okay well this is the you know op-ed that i think represents the true analysis of the situation and hey you know shall we argue about the iraq war and you know you can imagine all the places like an ongoing discussion where it's sort of like there's a lull in the initial sort of worry and shock of things and then people like well but this is where i am so this is where i'm going to say something else to keep sitting where i'm sitting right now um all that dynamic stuff that like was difficult with the huge ongoing political threads like you're seeing the same sort of patterns here and it's not as bad because fucking fingers crossed we're not looking at like you know as protracted of a situation but uh but yeah there's a lot of a lot of familiar uh very uh, tiring vibes involved in it because like what do you do it's a fucking like for it, many people it, it is very far away from them though not yeah i mean that, that that's part of it too and that's that makes it trickier too but yeah not for everybody and there's you know tension there and that's come up somewhat in people talking about it on the blue and, and depending on where you are uh, in europe for example and yeah yeah um so yeah i don't know it's it's it, it, it's a terrible thing and so it's a big mess you know and it's good that there is a way to sort of let people collate stuff and talk about on Metafilter. Um, but also it's been a lot. It's just been a lot. Oh know. God. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, Which is why it's so, kind yeah. of great that there's the rest of Metafilter. 
Yes. So like this post by <laughs> Brain Wayne. Um, um, for example, it was it was Tuesday. The adorable love story behind uh, it Wikipedia's was, it was February high 22nd, five photos. Twenty twenty two. So basically, you go to Wikipedia, uh, and, uh, you look up high five. Nice post about that. What? 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 <laughs> fight or flight made a post about uh what are you Tuesday? talking about i uh, maybe we had like a uh audio disconnect there brain um, wayne made a post what okay you, you go i <laughs> what is I happening not come back right and, now I, I i think i think maybe we cut off from each other and so you were talking about a post brain wave made and i was talking about tuesday and and uh then we resynced and we were both interrupting each other subjectively <laughs> i was not interrupting you no, no, I'm not saying you were. I'm saying I think I think my audio cut out for you. Your audio cut out for me. Oh, and I see what a, you're saying. A car crash there. Um, All right. Will I edit this out? Brian Wayne made a post. So what I was saying. <laughs> please go. Now you're just fucking around. No, please go. I was just saying it's nice that there's the rest of Metafilter as kind of a tonic to some of the more difficult political news that people are grappling with. And Brain Wayne made a post, uh, the adorable love story behind Wikipedia's high five photos. And it's just, <laughs> yes, it's just a longish article. If you go to Wikipedia and look up high five, you see this couple demonstrating, you know, high five down low, too slow. And, you know, it's cute, right? But like, basically, this person wanted to figure out who are these people what's what's the deal what are they up to today and if you keep reading it's just a adorable happy like cute story happy ending and scroll all the way to the end because oh my gosh brain mind is right the ending is cute and i just i love it i love it just a short short post Here's a nice little thing on the internet. Here's a nice little thing on the internet. Thank you to uh, Annie Rowerta for writing it. Thank you to Brain Wayne for telling us about it. Um, I was going to mention Tuesday. That's where I was going. Um, okay. But it was it was February twenty second, twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, two 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 two. I got an yeah. answering machine. It'll talk to you. I queued up that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I queued up that tweet at the beginning of January. It's a song by De La Soul. Oh, okay. And uh, and that's the line in it. And, you know, that video's on YouTube. And so I queued it up to be 222 on 222 or 2222. Very nice. And then I didn't have to think about it. And then it was a nice joke. That's a good use of the scheduled tweet. Yes. Thank you. Keep going. But yes, Fight or Flight made a post about Tuesday, uh, talking about some of the numbers and a few other links, and people collected some other stuff in there, and it was just, it was a nice, nerdy time. Um, yeah, and ACB is in here saying, Happy Day of Soul Day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then there's the MetaTalk uh, tie-in of that, which is we ended up giving away user ID 22222. Oh, yeah. That was, was so funny. Tell me a little bit yeah. about that. Uh, it, it it really it just came up uh, in like the team Slack chat. Um, I think Taz actually had the original thought. Great uh, idea, like, Taz. Oh wait, you know this. They never signed up for this, and what the heck? And uh, so you know we 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 did that up, and I had Frimble clean out a little bit of the original 
uh, account information from the abandoned signup. This is from like 2005, 2006, something like that. You know, not that person's probably not coming back around to finish paying PayPal uh, 16 years later. So I was like, okay, it is forfeit. We're giving it away. And uh, Grither ended up uh, winning it. We just did a straight up raffle of like comment in the thread and you are in the raffle and then I'll pick a random uh, person from that list. And it was Grither. And so Grither has it. And uh, let's see, what did they change it to? They, they had to think did about they? it for did a little bit. Did they pick? They did. Um, <laughs> I should have looked this up. Uh, oh, it takes two, 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 um, is the, uh, <laughs> is the, the final username. I'll, I'll link it because, uh, <laughs> it's, it's nigh unpronounceable. It's a, it's a real A, 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 that's six A's oh! at com situation. Oh! Uh, yes. I know exactly well what you mean Good from use. that McSweeney's article. Yep. At, 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 dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. Great, dot greatest com, thing they ever at, published. Dot com, at, dot com. Joe Morrow popped in to sort of <laughs> acknowledge that uh, the 100K uh, raffle winner account is still just the placeholder name, 100K raffle account winner. Oh, my um, God. I totally forgot won. about that. Yep. I, I mean, I uh, remember that raffle. That was fun. Yeah. We should we should relink to that uh, YouTube uh, video if you can find it of the raffle. <laughs> yeah, rafflers. Yeah, I'll, I'll go find that. Um Talk about another post. I'll go find that. Okay. Well, uh, here was a post by uh, my friend Boncliffe, a.k.a. Other Jim, which was to a video. And normally I'm like, oh, yeah, video. I get the gist. I get the gist. I get the gist. Um, But this one was just kind of an explainer on YouTube about how the uh, automobile highway in system numbering works in the United States. And some of it I knew. Some of it I didn't know, and, um, you know, the video itself is kind of like weird, cheesy production value, but, like, the facts in it were good. And, of course, you know, they're like, oh, the interstate's forgotten code, where I'm like, really? Did people forget this? But maybe they didn't know. Like, maybe your take on maps and highways and whatever is dramatically different if you don't have like a road atlas which shows you every highway in the united states and you just use a gps that's like turn left now you're on that road um so me and eyebrows notably are in this i think maybe even even beyond like like i think that's a huge thing like i think probably a sense of common knowledge of this will really fall off uh with like the current generation kids these days. Um, but I mean, I didn't, I, I never had like a real good sense of that. And I think part of that is like, you know, I grew up in Oregon and didn't like do a lot of long road trips. So like we had like, you know, I five runs through town and uh, you know, there's four or five and there's 84 and that's kind of it. Like I guess there's two Oh five, like there, there's, there's a few right. highways, but like they are all like things that come through Portland. And other than the fact that I knew that I five like went top to bottom. Like I didn't really have a sense of anything. I, I, I eventually, you know, in, you know, young adulthood and adulthood ended up having some road trip experiences like going Well, cause you didn't drive country. until you were a little older. So you didn't do a whole yeah. bunch of like 17 year old road trips. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, it, it, I didn't have any context to really think about the system of, of, of highways in Oregon's like a biggish state, you know, it's, it, it's a big state that you don't necessarily go, many places in if you're just like living in Portland. Cause like that's the big population center. So yeah, like I, 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 
I had only the vaguest sense of it, and I did grow up looking at road atlases, just not with much interest. Um, so yeah, no, it's yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> like I, w- I, w- I would state, I would state my knowledge being along the lines of like odd as north south, even as you know east west, and the numbers get bigger going in one direction or another sometimes. Well, and the thing that I didn't know was depending like your uh whatever they're called the ones that go around the you know the the oh my god what are they called like like the loop the loop roads that go around a city like that, business loops yeah or, that, or, like, or i guess the opposite of business loops things that go around instead of into the yeah well, whatever yeah and that basically there's two kinds of numbers one kind of number, I don't remember if it's odd or even now without watching it again, tells you that that road is going to come back to the main road. And then <laughs> another kind of number tells you that it's not. And yeah. that's really helpful information if you're kind of lost in a city. But that kind of lost in a city thing happens a lot less. Um, yeah. You know, if you've got kind of GPS to drag you out of uh, a place, if you get lost in a place. I remember really thinking about like the rise of GPS as like one of the things that I felt like weird about um, in, in a sense of like, Oh, but this will cause me to lose a skill, you know? And I think, I mean, there's some truth to that. Like, like I, like very much I, I can navigate places that I have a sense of like grid or interconnections, like off the, you know, on the fly. But like, I also like, put lots of stuff on my phone and follow the GPS now. And it, it has the same way. I don't know people's phone numbers. I don't know uh, people's addresses in, in the same way a lot of the time anymore. Um, and it is, it is weird how that affects sort of like the general expectation of like the skill set you're bringing to those kind of like common problems and how that does have a big change on, on sort of the, <laughs> the territory as it were. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think you and I have talked about this uh, before too, but like I'm a person who uses a GPS in my car and I don't use my phone. So like my GPS doesn't know anything about traffic. It doesn't know what day it is. It doesn't know, it it vaguely knows what time it is. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And so it makes different decisions than like if Jim is traveling and he uses Waze on his phone, which can kind of route him around traffic or stuff. And, you know, even he and I have, you know, radically different experiences depending on, you know, who's who's driving uh, just because of what we've decided to use for our navigation. And if I go to Canada, it's even different because I have to switch GPSs to the one that has the Canadian maps. And I'm fairly close to Canada here in Vermont. But I broke that GPS trying to put a different voice in it. And so it doesn't <laughs> talk. So I have to kind of keep looking at it to know it'll give me directions, but it won't tell me, like, turn now kind of thing. Yeah. So, yes, I like that post by Boncliffe, even though the video was like, whatever. Uh, the post itself was fun, and the discussion was fun. Here is a uh, post that I liked from uh, Muba as a sort of a, a double jubilee thing, um, which double jubilees was this last month. And that was oh, a lot right. of fun. Did a lot of people take advantage of that? Yeah, no, I think we had something like, you know, a couple dozen posts uh, a week that were tagged with that is what it was looking like when Frimble ran a quick count. 
um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was nice. And, and, and here's to be clear for anybody wondering, you can have a doubles Jubilee anytime you want. You can, you can just go ahead and say, you know, this was great. And this was several years ago and let's take another look. That's allowed, but it was nice to do like a month of it on purpose, really visibly. Um, but this post, uh, this was from Muba and it was, uh, or Muba, I don't know, um, about Graham's number and tree three, which I have already talked too much about video games. So I'm not going to try and explain math to this episode or we'll be here for three hours, but there are a couple very large numbers and the nature of what it means to be a very large number is maybe not super intuitive because you think like, oh, well, you know, just infinity, has a lot of digits. obviously the biggest number, yeah. um, but, uh, but they're numbers that get big at a very fast rate, ba- faster than any system you're probably likely to describe using the basic, you know, arithmetic you can think of. Even like you're going to say, "Oh, well, take you know, take up something to a power, take something to a power to a power." Yeah, but let's really go somewhere with it. Let's let's make that look like Tinker Toys is what sure. these are about. And the post is a collection of, uh, in significant part, uh, videos from uh, account uh, YouTube account called number file and some other folks that do good math explanation like it's still weird math but like it's friendly explanations that are intended for people other than just people with actual doctorates in mathematics um so i really enjoyed looking through it and i i kind of knew about graham's number i didn't really know about tree uh and it's 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 fun stuff i liked it cool i like it when those posts can like find their people um Speaking of this, and I don't even know if it's... Yes, it is a double jubilee. It is uh, one of uh, Ryomi's just... Just the best super mega posts. Um, (laughs) The empty talk show set became a Craig Ferguson just puppet menagerie YouTube song just fun hangout thing and there's just a zillion links it's great people talk about how they miss craig ferguson and there's just a lot of uh just a lot of fun fun stuff in that uh in that post yeah no it's rad that is some some classic raumi uh encyclopedic posting it's uh delightful yes classic and yes miss craig ferguson he just yeah so good here is a quickie, which is a post by Janelle about a artist named Matt Schlien, who makes paper structures, and they're very cool. And uh, I'm friends with Janelle, and she she texted me to say, "Oh, by the way, I made a post that you like." Um, and then I got around to look, and it's like, "Oh, I do like this." Also, I follow this guy on Instagram already because this stuff's great. So, hey, <laughs> uh... but it's it's very cool stuff. It's very cool geometric paper art, and uh, you should go put your eyeballs on it. I'm clicking right now. While you're being mesmerized by that. Beautiful. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Wow. Oh. Oh. Wow. Wow. How do you even? Carefully. I'm pretty sure he's got some process documentation out there, too. I don't remember where but I feel like I've seen him working on some stuff. Um, but yeah, just like measuring and cutting and gluing and, you just know, gorgeous, just gorgeous. You do the thing. I love it. Um, Let's sort see of if internet this artist statement sucks. <laughs> no, he looks, he's his, 
His artist statement is normal. He seems like a nice Good. guy. Great. Nice. That's 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 the way it should be. Um, one other Metafilter thing that's like internet zeitgeist thing um, was the there was a post uh, Toddles made about um, a weird situation with someone faking their way through an interview via proxy and virtual job interview stuff, which by itself, like the, the, the article is about like a bizarre situation. Um, and the thread ended up being like about that. And also another post that was going around, uh, from ask a manager about someone who like hired someone and then who showed up was not the person who did the interview to get the job. Oh my God. Um, and so both and of like, these were sort of like, what do you do, air. right? The person yeah. just walks in and you're like, uh, well, yeah, it's a super fucking weird situation. And it's, it's a, it's a strange, like, and the thread, I will say, I, I enjoyed reading a lot of thread and also had to do some moderation and found some of it frustrating, but it was frustrating in an interesting way because it threw into contrast the way there is sort of like the, the thread, the thread was frustrating mostly because it kept sort of collapsing into a, a dichotomy. That's not really there of either you are supportive of companies, uh, being controlling employers who have too much, you know, access and, and power over workers, or you're in favor of being a duplicitous liar who creates bad situations for your coworkers by unjustly sneaking your way into a garage, blah, 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 or j- job or whatever, uh, which are two like things that exist. Uh, sure. But like, but it's the definitely reality not is, a black and white binary there. Yeah. But like the fact that people have very strong feelings about both sides of those to the point where they creep in is sort of an interesting thing. Um, and the situation itself here is abstract enough that like on the one hand, that means people can have kind of dumb arguments because it is abstract and they can make up whatever they want to be then people the actual situation. Dug in and then, yeah. yeah. But, but there's still also a lot of interesting thoughts there. So I don't know. It was a slightly messy, not a huge mess, but also an interesting discussion and interesting to see like what it brought out in terms of, uh, people's feelings about that stuff, but also some interesting stories about weird things that happen to people. So uh, it was, it was a whole thing just sort of, it was there that happened. Neat. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I learned a thing. Um, and then this is uh, my post from uh, Valentine's Day, I guess. Uh, nice. This was when I got home. I went and watched the Super Bowl at my sister's place. And then I drove home. But I had driven to my sister's the day before. And it turns out I'm out of practice for traveling or not being home or whatever. So by the time I got home, I was just like, ah, like didn't feel good, tired, just felt all bleh. Um, but Kate had told me, my sister, about this funny New Englandy tradition where the Boston Post, which was a newspaper that used to exist, um, went to 700 towns in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and Maine, and gave them a gold-headed ebony cane engraved <laughs> with the name of the town and the request that it be presented with the compliments of the paper to the oldest male citizen in the town and then at his death handed down to the next oldest citizen and like that's in and of itself kind of a funky interesting story this was in 1909 and then the funkiest interesting part of it most interesting part of it is in many towns this is still going on like they still give the cane. It's been changed and expanded to be the oldest person of any gender. Um, and in some cases, the cane itself like lives in the town hall, but they keep track of who the oldest person in town is. And, you know, they give them a little, a little sort of notable thing. And I had never heard of this, or if I had, I'd forgotten about it. 
And so it was just a little bit of fun New England trivia. And then I found that there was a book written about this whole thing. So I made the post based on this like slightly out of date website that decided they were going to track down which towns were still doing it. But then the website itself is kind of out of date. So that's a little aggravating. Um, But then there's this book and, you know, I can't get it, but Jim could interlibrary loan it from uh, uh, a library in his network and he's coming up with it tomorrow and I'm going to get to read it. Nice. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Like just a weird Weird tradition. There's a whole bunch of great photographs of these funky canes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was so cool. That's kind of great. Also kind of morbid, like well, be, receiving receiving the death cane, essentially. But, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, it probably, is. Yeah. Probably you've, you've made, like, uh, more progress than I have in coping with the inevitability of death uh, once, once you're the oldest person in town. But, uh yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think some of it is too, like in New England towns, it used to be, um, you know, the oldest timers in town often had like a lot of local knowledge, everybody knew them, they knew everyone, like like there was a certain amount of gravitas associated with that Yeah, that wasn't necessarily age-based, but it's because age and knowing all the stuff went hand in hand. I think that's less true nowadays. Um, As people, you know, they retire places, they move in with their kids, they do, like, they do a bunch of different stuff that might mean they haven't lived in the town that whole time. Um, But in many cases, especially for the, you know, nonagenarians of of this right now, you know, a lot of them have been in those towns for a long time. Yeah, like, like there's a sense of, like, you know, elder as a, you know, sort of cultural touchstone beyond just like being old yeah yeah exactly um, but yeah that was Boncliffe's first statement in the thread like that seems kind of morbid <laughs> which you know no no argument it, it's yep. a little morbid yep um i will mention in passing we have had uh, several more free threads probably four more since we last talked yeah uh, and those have been fun i'll link the most recent one but uh yeah it's not a whole lot to say about them other than like they are there and it's a nice place so yeah those are a good time i uh i see whatever. them like but from you on twitter i think more often um just because i've been not on metafilter as much and yeah yeah i just try and tweet about it every once in a while uh since there might be people who are sort of casually monitoring twitter in a uh lurky way so yeah um but yeah that's that's it for me for metafilter you want to talk about some some ask me yeah the um most recent ask me uh I have been uh, paying attention to, which is fairly apropos because it was one degree Fahrenheit last night, um, is this one by Juffo Whoop. Um, how cold could I comfortably keep my house if I dress real warmly? Um, and they live in the United States, normally heat the house to between 68 and 70 Fahrenheit, wearing jeans and a t-shirt. How cold could I keep the house if I bundled up? Which is hilarious to me, of course, because I bundle up in my house. Like, like depending where you're from, bundling up in your house in the winter may be like a super normative thing, or it may be absolutely not normative, depending how you feel about it. And I think also people love to talk about their kind of winter schemes. And yeah. so it is a long, chatty thread that Juffo Wup literally just during this podcast uh, followed up on, you know, kind of explaining why they were asking and what they cared about and blah, 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 blah. 
Um, but yeah, a lot of people just kind of talk about what their what their plans are. What is what makes winter, you know, in the colder sort of northern hemisphere more manageable? And uh, yeah, so I I enjoyed reading along with that thread, and you know, I got to talk about mattress pad warmers, which uh, yes, funny me, I talk about it every opportunity. <laughs> Well, she asked some question about something that would keep her warm, and people were like, mattress pad warmer. And she's, they were like, rawr, kind of like, <laughs> I don't want mattress pad warmer. It's like, well, but that is the answer. You know, it's kind of one of those, Yeah. tell me, tell me the move. answer, but not this answer yeah. that I don't want. So, oh, well. Want to want to learn to swim? Cannot get wet. I think was your formulation many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, so I don't even remember the concept. It was something like you know. I mean, and it's like it it like it's not precisely that. It's like you know, no. It's sometimes you want to say, okay, there is an obvious answer. I'm not interested in that one. I'm looking for all. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I know, mean, I, I get it. You, I've been there. But you're also going to hear that obvious answer because people are like, yeah, but right. But uh, maybe you should tricky. think more about getting over your objection to X instead of yeah. Yeah. Um, and then along the same lines of that question was this one by Unis Sum, um, basically trying to figure out how to monitor temperature and humidity in multiple places in their house over time. Partly is just kind of a fun, how do you do this exercise? And partly because they just want to be able to sort of track that. And there's a bunch of different ways of thinking about the stuff. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I am a nut about figuring out all the where where it's humid in my house and what the humidity is and running different humidifiers on and off all the time and so I read with interest the ways you could uh, attack this problem. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting to sort of like look through this because like it's funny that the, the thing I immediately think of is a some some DIY thing with like uh, temperature sensors and uh, Raspberry Pi, um, which they mentioned a Pi in, in the in the question. Uh, but the other thing I think of is like I, I have a Mephite friend who like has worked doing sort of installation and configuration stuff for like things in very rich people's houses, and it seems like the answer there is to spend twenty thousand dollars on a system uh, that will then fail to work anyway. <laughs> so you know you could do that too if you want to just you know take that route. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, I very much uh, uh, I very much uh, liked reading along with it. I, I am I am intrigued and interested in this question that I've been meaning to get back and read through from uh, Rue about preserving paper for ten thousand years. Basically, I mean that's the picture. It's like I want to like preserve a few sheets of paper for an eon. Um, how could I do that? You know, and people Ooh. talking about like materials and whatnot, um, which is an interesting question. So, Ooh. Um, so yeah. Oh my gosh. That's fascinating. Do they wind up getting, I mean. I mean, I don't think it's something like. <laughs> there's there's just thing. a it's, lot it's kind of, of it's, kind it's, of it's random, kind of hard to hit a, you know, clay tablet. But didn't they say paper? Does it not have to be paper? Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, it, it's sort of a hypothetical question. So I think it's more like, is this doable in this way? Um, 
like like other technologies okay as long as it's like cheap i think like cheap and automatable is the the concept so like there would be a lot of like caches of this stuff so like doing it one time and spending a million dollars creating an extremely durable guaranteed to last for 10 year 10,000 years option doesn't really answer the brief because you can't do that like a whole bunch of times yeah 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 so trying to find that uh, pareto optimal uh, 10,000 year preservation solution uh, which you know it's like uh, immediately makes me think of like the the whole uh radiation warning the yes the sandia labs report with you know nothing of value here power culture etc yeah um but yeah anyway i, I, I like it. i thought it was interesting i i i that's an interesting question and it doesn't have to be on the moon it'll be on this planet <laughs> right 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 under a hundred dollars to produce so yeah, that's a huh, interesting kind of an art project. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, speaking of old timers, or ah, I keep clicking the thing. Forget it. Doesn't matter. Uh, this post took me back. Wesley AC, um, remind me what the defunct hosted blogging platforms <laughs> were. Oh, Jesus. So blogging, not social media, not general web hosting, but obviously there's some overlap there. But nobody can join anymore and they don't host what they used to have. So it doesn't count or it counts maybe if they were sold, but not if they still exist. And then they list a whole bunch that I've never heard of, probably because they're in the UK. But like all of these have almost all of them have like ES and IO and AM suffixes. And like the ones that I remember were like .com and .org. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, Jay Edwards is like PETAs.com, Vox.com, EditThisPage.com. Yeah, Diaryland. Oh, but I guess Diaryland still exists. Uh, DiaryX. Um, I thought Gray Matter was there, but I think Gray Matter was just software and it wasn't hosting. Um, uh, but yeah, it got some of the old timers um, in a uh, in a you know in a little thread talking about uh, yeah. old school blogging. Yeah, that's some, that's that's some good uh, old school bait. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I also like this question from Zumbador, which uh, they had, uh, I think, mentioned in passing. Zumbador uh, was also in, in that how do I stay warm thread with good advice. Well, does it involve hitting someone with a sock and a hockey, hockey ball? Hello? Hockey ball. Hello? Um, <laughs> Hello? Oh, I, I don't this know if thread. Sorry, yeah. I was uh, like, yeah. Josh, that's awful <laughs> lateral. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what I was queuing up. And, and uh, yes, uh, Zoomer asked a question about a writing project. Basically, a character needs to uh, potentially kill someone with a weird object. Um, is or, hockey or, ball or different or from hockey them. puck? Well, I you mean, know, Zumbador it threw me for a second, South but I guess Africa, like, right? like, like field hockey probably, right? I, I guess so, yeah. Like, uh, like I guess that's the thing. Um, and that's that's a ball. But like it threw me, yeah, hockey puck is such a fixed phrase in my head. It's like, what the fuck is a hockey ball? Oh, you're right. It's probably a ball that you use when you're playing hockey with a ball. Um, yeah, field hockey ball, they clarify later in the thread. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's got it's got a few dozen uh, suggestions, and this is fun, goofy, lateral thinking, brainstorming, and uh, and yes. So I, I've enjoyed that as well. 
Oh, man, I'm reading Aramaic's, like, really long, <laughs> complicated thread. Yes. Uh, I liked uh, the nuance of Ishba Diddle's question about whether you can show an Iowa cow at the Illinois State Fair. <laughs> well, you can show it, but can you make it look? <laughs> yes. Mm. You can't make it. Yeah. <laughs> But, Please go on. you know, it's tricky, right? Like, maybe, like, are the state fairs just for people from the state? Yes or no? And it looks like, um, you know, there are requirements for out-of-state exhibitors, but that people actually could do it. And in many cases, depending on where you live in Iowa, you might be closer to the Illinois State Fair than the Iowa State Fair. I'm trying to think now, does New Hampshire have a state fair? I might be closer to the New Hampshire State Fair than the Vermont State Fair. I know where it the feels Vermont like every state, state is. probably has some sort of state fair. I like, mean, they have to, right? But why? What, what's I... the state? It's going to be like you know, not us. Fuck you. We don't do a state fair. I guess. I guess. I mean, does Massachusetts do a Commonwealth? They do a thing called fair? the Big E. Yeah, uh, they do a thing called the Big E, which is usually, if I recall correctly, like in Western Massachusetts, and it's a big ag fair. I've been a couple times. It's fun. Vermont has, you know. Vermont State Fair, which is small, chill, and I believe has a demolition derby. I'm not sure if it still has a demolition derby. Uh, yeah, but I don't know about New Hampshire. Like, I would think I would know because I'm close to New Hampshire, but I don't know. So I will sure. uh, Google it while you talk about something else. Oh, but I'm out of posts. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, well, I could tell you about the time that I, like, got disqualified from winning uh, an art prize at, at the – Multnomah County Fair, Oregon State Fair, I can't remember what. Um, I, I, Me and my sister both entered some art, and uh, we both got honorable mentions because we were disqualified from actually placing because our school did not have a PTA membership. Which what is, the fuck? Yeah. It was some bullshit, let me tell you. Oh it was God. some absolute horse shit. Oh, my God. That would drive me crazy. So, yes, New Hampshire has a straight fair, uh, state fair. It's in Stratham, New Hampshire. Which I guess is like way down. Wait, Jason Stratham? Close. That wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't even like a a joke exactly. That was just I heard a sound. Yeah. Uh, please, please continue. But it's like kind of close to the water, so not super close to me, nor very easy to get to. Um, but yeah, good to know. Oh, speaking of New Hampshire, Jim met his biological mother this past month. Oh, nice! Yeah. Congrats! And it went really well. And yeah, I mean, I assume the fact that you're mentioning it means it was not like a terrible thing. <laughs> no, it was actually, I mean, I think both, like, I think she was kind of nervous and she's a little bit like not, like Jim's just kind of like, yeah, great, whatever, I'm sure it'll be fine. And she was just like, er, well, uh, er, uh, and also, you know, there's been weather, so I was going to meet them too, but like, then the dates that we had got canceled because of snow, and so it was like the third canceled blah. And uh, yeah, he got to go up there in New Hampshire and meet them, and it was just a really good time, and I'm just so happy for him. Nice. That's great. Yeah, it is. Great. So uh, the only other two that I have um, are uh, kind of a classic ask me um, from Juby, basically like, look. I want a meal prep book or a plan that will minimize the amount of time I have to spend preparing food. I just want to cook all my food at once. Buy a chicken, use it for multiple meals. Just 
point me in the direction of how to do this. Thank you. And it turns yeah. out there's like a subreddit for it. There's a lot of people who talk about like Sunday meal prep as a routine. Um, Instapot communities, want the once a month meals, um, you know, family meal planners, one that's called made it, ate it, loved it dot com. Um, but it's nice because I think, you know, different people struggle with preparing food for, you know, different reasons. And, you know, meal kits work for some people and they don't for others. I was just talking to my sister about this because she's thinking about going with one of those like food delivery boxes. And I'm like, well, that's great, but ah, there's a lot of trash. And she's like, I have curbside pickup. Like, (laughs) who cares? Trash isn't real. And, you know, we have slightly different approaches to the world of trash. And for me, it made it totally untenable. And for her, like the other hurdles to having like good food more often um, mattered. Uh, So, you know, it's interesting to talk about. And and Doobie, it looks like, is happy kind of doing the cooking, but they want to really do cooking kind of once. Yeah, they want to do batch cooking, just like, you know, do it in volume. Yeah, which to be fair, I often do, but I also don't mind eating the same damn thing every day, which I think for a lot of people is a non-starter and I get it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we tend to push a little bit more for variety and that makes it harder to just like make a big pile of something. Yeah, and I think that's true for a lot of people. And, you know, I don't entertain. Like, there's a lot of things yeah. that make it, oh, my gosh, so easy. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that was good. And then uh, Brandon Blatcher asked a question about uh, helping somebody who's dealing with chronic fatigue. Like, hmm. hey, family member has chronic fatigue. We're looking for help. Um, if you have it or you've helped people with it, what works? And there's a whole bunch of different people talking about sort of ways to ways to think this through. There's partners of people with chronic fatigue. Jocelyn Meow, who's been a longtime MeFight, who uh, deals with um, uh, ME. What is ME? Uh, I don't remember. All right. Well, I, I don't. I don't remember if I don't. If I didn't know. Yeah, but um, similar similar uh, thing and it has a nice list of kind of, you know, the supplements that she takes and kind of what helps for that. Um, there's some guides and, you know, and, and the kind of non, almost non just symptom things that can really help with morale, that can help with around the house, that can help with, uh, oh, myalgic encep- uh, encephalomyelitis. Encephalomyelitis, yeah. yeah. I was just Googling <laughs> it. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a really good supportive thread with a lot of people with deep knowledge of how to yeah. deal, and and it's good. It's just it's it's good that there's a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge that can help. Uh, and I feel like that's sort of ask me to filter at its best when you're doing, um, you know, sort of knowledge knowledge share among people who really yeah. know a thing about a topic and can yeah. help somebody who's newer to it, kind of. Get their get their feet under them quickly. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of room for sort of experiential passage of knowledge there in that sort of thing compared to like you know tell me the one clear answer to this puzzle that I cannot solve. Right. Which or, if there or is a clear to, answer, great. But if it's like dealing with, yeah. Or going to read medical websites, which is difficult, and yeah. or going to read support group websites, which depending on the support group can be difficult. Like a lot of support groups are very. 
they, they gravitate towards people with a certain outlook. And so maybe you've got a support group that's very upbeat. Maybe you've got a support group that's for venting. Maybe you've got a support group that's for whatever. But if you land with the wrong support group, it's like landing with the wrong AA meeting. You're like, oh, God, AA's not for me. Everybody smokes and drinks coffee all the time. And they're all 102 years old or whatever. And you're like, well, maybe try another group. <laughs> like that, that's, that doesn't have anything to do with AA as much as it has to do with that group. But you don't know that if you're just getting started. And so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to hit on? Ask me. Uh, uh, just, <laughs> just this one, which was me being a little bit of a pill, but, um, <laughs> basically, uh, Alex, 1965, cause the Olympics, uh, wrapped up and I believe Paralympics are going on right now. I should really, uh, watch some of them. Um, but Alex basically was like, why do some people hate athlete profiles? <laughs> like, hey, I'm not really a sports fan, but I watch the Olympics. I really enjoy the profiles. And then I meet people who tell me they hate them. I don't get it. And uh, I had read these. I had read this thread uh, early on and was like, I hate them. And uh, yeah, I hate, yeah. I hate them. I, I don't like them. Uh, I like they're, watching they're, sports. I don't like hearing yeah. about people and their obstacles they overcome in order to get good at sports. I just want to watch the sports. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't hate them, but I also don't care about them. And I'm annoyed that they are stuck in the way. I mean, this is to, to take it in a somewhat absurd uh, direction. Um, this is the problem that I have with, uh, like, American Ninja Warrior. Which, uh, like, you get you know, so only... much of the home yeah. life of the person, yeah, in addition like, I don't, to I don't... the name, which is a problem. Well, yeah, but I just say, um, well, it's, it's yeah, like it, it was, it was, it's interesting. I, I watched like the very early bits of it recently for the first time. I, I hadn't watched any of it before, and I, I started at the beginning, and at the beginning, it was this weird, goofy, scrappy, strange thing, and it had its problems, but it was also like, a bunch of people showed up in LA to stand around for 10 hours to try and do this thing, let's see what happened, and then like a few seasons in, they've, they've picked up like money and steam, and it's like, now we're gonna do a blah, 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 the whole fucking schmear, and I was like, oh, this is, this is tanked. Yeah, it right. Went from, I it, like it, that It less. went from, like, slightly legitimate jackass to, like, yes, this is now uh, sports with inspo porn, but without as much even of the actual, like, sports pardon, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's just like, it's, it, it's reality TV time filler stuff outside of the reality TV context, but it's the same problem as with reality TV. It's like there is the thing that you want to watch, and then there is not enough of that to fill the time that they have scheduled, and so we're going to pat it out. Or they don't think that's going to draw people in enough, so we've got to build a narrative. So we're going right. to do – Yeah, it's like I'm not antipathetic towards people having stories, but like I don't need to hear about everyone's unrelated life hardship to understand that I'm seeing them well, do the I ski jump Well, and I feel that I find hardship stuff really difficult to deal with. You know what I mean? Especially if yeah. it's cloying, you know, designed to tug on your heartstrings. Like, I don't want my heartstrings tugged. That's why I watch sports. Yeah. If I wanted my heartstrings tugged, tugged I'd be watching you know? Hallmark, you know, Hallmark movies. Yeah. I don't want that. And yeah. so, yeah, it's mixing the streams but different people in the thread have different impressions some don't hate them some really hate them more than me some 
hate me because I was slightly indelicate in how I talked about not liking them. And, um, <laughs> you know, occasionally you say things on this blue website that you regret. So, or the green website. Yeah. Uh, yes. Could have been more politic. Wasn't more politic. Still hate them. Could have talked about them differently. Sure. Yeah. You, anything else? Uh, that's, that's it there. Um, I can call out a few nice meta talk things real quick, but we've already hit like an hour and a half, so I should not uh, dig in on anything. Um, I promise new... not to dig in. Okay, there's a new newsletter out. Hey, um, I noticed Pro, Pro, Pronoyak posted this. What? Yes, uh, uh, Pronoyak's been helping out with the sort of administrative side of the newsletter, just oh, like as a little volunteer great. thing. Um, so he's been, uh, you know, helping. He, he he helped. He worked with Taz to get sort of like the initial thing uh, sorted out, and uh, more recently, EM's been working on stuff, and he's been working with her. And, and yeah, he's sort of like the uh, last mile like launch tech person on it, which is uh, very useful. So, uh, very much appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, Pronix's been doing other Metafilter stuff in like a vague volunteer capacity for a while. Like, you know, he, oh, yeah, he the wiki. manages the wiki. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I just yeah. wasn't sure what, what his relationship with this was. Yeah. So that yeah. was cool. Yeah, he's, just, he's just helping out. Great. Um, there's uh, a nice thread about what is that? Giving his 150,000th favorite. Yeah, I saw that. So, I uh, love that. You know, what ho, when is that? Uh, I mentioned the, the two, 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 two giveaway thread already, but there was also this nice little thing about an old long bet from... Uh, Matt Howie and oh God, that uh, was Jeremy so Keith. So funny! I remember when that happened, and we were all like, "Oh my God, we're never gonna get that old." Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's really like, oh, it's it's now. Now is the thing when that long now thing happened a long time ago. But it was basically you know a bet eleven years ago about whether or not the URL for the bet would still work. Right. Eleven years later, um, and it does. Although someone did make the point that like okay, but at the time it was HTTP, and now it has to be HTTPS. So just you know, but uh, yes, it fucking counts. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, but the, 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 there's a wrap up for, uh, the Valentine's card exchange. That was a lot of fun. I sent out a bunch of line prints of hearts and got a bunch of nice, various Valentines from other people. Um, oh, that's cool. And I've been ramping up my, yeah. my postal mail, uh, again this month because I sent out some Valentines and some stuff last month and I enjoyed it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to actually write some letters now. You know, like write a letter with my with my with your paws. Hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been fun, and you know, hopefully, people like to get them. Hopefully, they can read my handwriting. I I believe I am now completely out of touch with how legible my handwriting is. I feel like I've I, I I've gotten like the occasional uh, postcard or something for you. I feel like your handwriting was perfectly legible. That's the way I feel, but I worry. Um, but yeah, I think people like handwritten letters, so I've been I think trying the, to write the, some the, more. The only handwriting I really have a problem was like really dedicated to the bit script, like people who really learned cursive and fuck you, you're going to read it. Yeah. And like, I never, I never learned to write cursive. Yeah. I never really learned to read it well. I respect sort of like the historical art of cursive, but just get into calligraphy and block print the rest of the time. Come on. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm always a block now that I've just offended like someone very badly. I'm a I'm block sorry. printer usually on postcards. And if I write letters, I'm usually just a regular print writer 
but my my some of my letters connect a little and some yeah. of them seem to like be the impression of the letter but not really the letter but it's probably like, if you can it, get it from context i don't yeah, know yeah if it if it like i feel like there there's a lot of error correction the human brain can do yeah. on like printing uh that uh that goes away a lot on cursive if you're not specifically versed in some of the uh, elaborate literature implications of cursive is is the thing that i struggle with but anyway yes uh there's uh, there's other posts there's there's some fun posts there's some serious posts there's a couple posts about ukraine related stuff um yeah ways I'm, ways to donate and making sure uh yeah. me fights in affected areas are doing okay yeah so go take a look but i i am horse and it's been an hour and a half we should just like end a podcast i think is what we're gonna do yeah that sounds we're okay gonna, let's do it we're gonna end it the omega all right. That's the podcast. Thanks so much for talking to me, Jessamine. Thanks for talking to me, Josh. All right. I'll talk to you again in a month for another podcast. Or so. Yeah. All right. That is the end. <laughs>